0: His name is Dionysus, but he has all of his friends call him Tad. (laughs) Yeah, totally.
1: (laughs) Totally goes by Tad. Welcome to another episode of Random Fandom, where uh, me, Stephanie Weaver, pronoun she, her, talk to my friend, Britt Kelly. Hey, what am I this week?
0: I am a person who hikes and then whose knees protest. That's who I am this week. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this week, I am a person who makes ukulele straps out of random items found around the house that's that's my achievement for the week that's
0: awesome that's a great achievement
1: (laughs) so we we try to give you a new tagline for the show every week and after recording our last episode we realized that this is the show where we spend about 50 percent of our episodes discussing genitalia in some form or fashion (laughs) so yeah i can't wait this is maybe going to be an off week but yeah, I don't week,
0: know. I don't know how genitalia is going to fit into this one. This is the week where we become the show where we, we talk about Greek mythology, which is a new, yeah. <laughs> a relatively new area for us, except for a quick visit from Poseidon a couple episodes ago.
1: Yeah, we did. We talked about a uh, Good Time Uncle Poseidon. Yeah, which that was an um, episode two, I believe. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. So this week we're going to be talking about Hades, which is one of my favorite video games. It was one of the things that kind of got me through those like bleak lockdown days of the pandemic. So this game was released by Supergiant Games. This is like their, I want to say fourth game, maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe fifth. I should have looked that up beforehand, but it's something like that. So the interesting thing about this game, which we'll talk about a little bit later, it had an early release in 2018 and was available on PC. In 2020, they made their full release where it was ported to consoles and everything. And what happened between 2018 and 2020 actually involved a lot of audience and player feedback, and we'll, we'll talk mm. some about how that happened but we've talked yeah. a lot last week especially about how creators interact with their audiences mm-hmm. and like the way that uh she who must not be named continues <laughs> to try to exert control over the wizarding world that we all well not all but that many of us still love so I think we're going to see a very different relationship between creators and fans in this episode maybe a yeah. nice palate cleanser. <laughs> That's really interesting,
0: actually, that they I feel like this is kind of like a a great opportunity is to have this period where you're getting a lot of feedback from the audience you actually wish to serve Mm -hmm. in a direct way. And I think there are so many things that don't do that Mm -hmm. at all. And I wonder, like, if the not doing that is related to fear, like marketing fears, like we will not we will not maximize our profits if we concern ourselves with trying to make sure that we're responding to our fans or our our audiences in like actually yeah. direct ways. So I don't know. I'm looking forward to talking about that because that seems really interesting to me. Yeah.
1: And the. The creators here obviously found that model really productive for them because they are in the process of making Hades 2 and they once mm-hmm. again plan to have an early release for PC, a period where people are like playing and giving feedback before they make a full release of the game. So I think that's, I don't know, I think it's really cool. Yeah, so. uh, I feel like a lot of games
0: in the past have been on this like schedule of we release the game and then people don't. Like there's a bunch of people who buy the early game and then basically you hear about all the bugginess later on when you finally decide to buy the game. Yeah. Or in my case, generally when you play games years after their release and like things have been updated by the time you play them and there's full, you know, fan wikis that tell you how to do certain things in the games. I I do like that. But that's a very much like I almost like kind of like a risk heavy model, model where it seems like. This is a really responsive potential model. I wonder, I wonder if it will continue or not. I, I don't know enough about games to know whether maybe this is a model that's been used in the past or not but it seems mm-hmm. new to be.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, well, later on, I I think we can talk a little bit about some trends in games recently. And I definitely mm-hmm. have some thoughts about this model and what it might mean. I am a real life gamer girl. Brit is a real life gentle being. Uh, gamer yeah. gentle being. Gamer, gamer, I mean, Gamer yeah. gentle being.
0: Gentle being first, gamer second. I, yeah. I go through periods of being really into games. I play a wide range of games. This year I got, animal crossing version 2.0 for christmas and i played it like every day through the end of december and the entire month of january and then i got to a point where i had like so many points and and so there was little to do and i just stopped mm-hmm. playing it i also started playing dead space but not like the newer one the <laughs> the older one yeah. on our old xbox and I want to say late November, early December, and I got through quite a bit of it. And then I got stuck in a room where you have like the zombie that keeps keeps healing, and I I, I died several times, and I haven't been back since. So now mm-hmm. I've probably forgotten how the game works and would have to restart. But
1: that's kind of like uh, my gaming, yeah, feel. <laughs> I I did that with Elden Ring. I got to a point where I was really frustrated and quit for like a year and then when I went back I'd forgotten how to play the game entirely which was fine because I also decided to go with a completely different character build so nothing that I remembered from before would have worked anyway so right (laughs) so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of give an overview of like what the game is about. And while I am doing that, I'm going to be showing Brit a video of a speed run of this game so that okay. they can see what the game is like because they haven't played it. So I'm going to start that. Cool. Yeah, so the, the video we're watching, if anybody is curious, is actually a video of someone doing a fresh file speed run of Hades and a couple of the game developers are talking about it and responding to it it's kind of an interesting video to hear them talk about how they were imagining the game being played and then how people are actually playing it and like um there's one point at the end with the final boss where like there's this little trick to dodging one of his biggest attacks and they're just like mm-hmm. Ugh.
0: <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> they're
1: kind of mad about that <laughs> they're not mad but
0: yeah I love so, I, I'm gonna describe what I'm seeing already and then yeah. you can start talking about the game So the the opening screen here that I'm looking at, it says Hades in these sort of Beautiful simple font. And then above it are these just adorable little three little skulls next to each other. They all have the what what are we the laurels? They're wearing, they're wearing laurels. Yeah. Um, they it looks like they all have eyes that look like rubies. One looks like it's got a coin in its mouth. So because you need a, a coin to cross the river sticks. Anyway, it's just really kind of a
1: delightful
0: opening screen.
1: We're going to talk a lot about the art style in this game later because that's definitely a big part of the appeal. So the start of this game, which you're about to see here. So we have our main character here. His name is Zagreus. He is the son of Hades and Hades the god. And he is trying to escape from... Hades, the place. The problem is that every time he gets killed, he goes right back to the house of Hades. He goes straight back to where he started because that's where all dead people go first. They go mm-hmm. to the house of Hades when they first die. Okay. The other obstacle here is that this is, a, this is a roguelike game, which means that every time you play it, the rooms and the enemies and the rewards you get for each room change like they're all mm-hmm. gen- regenerated every time so it's not like you can memorize or plan for what is going to happen you just have to like do the best you can with what pops up each time okay so in terms of the story Nyx the goddess of night who lives down in the house of Hades has and also managed- my kitten <laughs> and also Britt's kitten I can't wait for you to see the art for Nyx you're gonna love it <laughs> So Nyx has managed to contact the goddess Athena to let the Olympians know that Zagreus is trying to escape. So they are sending messages down to the underworld that have boons, which are basically like power-ups. There's a lot of different kinds of power-ups. The Olympians can't hear or see Zagreus. Zagreus just gets one-way messages from them. Mm. They give him his- these boons and are trying to like help him escape they think it's just awful that like hate because they never knew about him they never knew hades had a kid so they think it's just awful that hades has like kept him from them his entire life so a big part of this game is like dying and failing like you Mm -hmm. really it doing doing this like speed run on the first try is not the way you're supposed to play this game you're supposed to die a lot and in fact there are a lot of story elements that only happen if you die a lot um so after a few failed attempts to leave we see a flashback where we find out that the reason Zagreus wants to leave the underworld is because he has found out that the woman he thought was his mother which was Nyx was not actually his mother Mm -hmm. and that his birth mother left the underworld to go up to the surface and he wants to go Find her. He wants to go find his birth mother. So that is okay. why he is so desperate to get to the surface. He doesn't know who she is. He doesn't know anything about her. Hades won't tell him anything. Mm-hmm. So we know because we are astute scholars of Greek mythology that it's Persephone. Right. <laughs> um, he doesn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Brit, do you want to do you want to respond to what you're seeing? Yeah,
0: sh- absolutely. So I Well, first of all, it's now become very red everywhere, which it was not earlier. So the opening that I was seeing, there was a lot of green flame everywhere, which absolutely made me think back to the Disney movie, Hercules, (laughs) where... There was a lot of green and I guess a lot of blue flame, actually, like the, the hair on oh, yeah. Katie's head in that movie is is just basically blue flame, which I think really is really interesting, like why we have we have all of this green flame. It's sort of like ectoplasm, ghostbusters, and there are souls down there, but it, it it's not like red fire, which we tend to associate, I suppose, in Western, like more recent mm-hmm. Western culture mm-hmm. with hell. So I guess maybe that's partially like a way to distinguish it from our idea of hell. there's like the the, the typical like Greek, you know, sort of geometric style, but things are a little bit broken down. I'm seeing like a lot of spheres that have laurels on them, which I'm not understanding. There's a lot of pottery. Things seem a bit like run down. And then, otherwise, I'm seeing like different kinds of monsters. It's going by very quickly. So, like, there's, yeah. well, there's these really big guys holding a, like giant, uh, what are those called? They're like clubs big or something. Clubs, like, yeah. Yeah. Clubs that he's fighting. He seems to have a lot of magical spells that he can use. Zagreus, that is.
1: Yeah. So, uh, in the playthrough, we're getting to the first boss, which is Megara, one of the Furies. Mm hmm and Megara is also Zagreus's ex in the game. yeah <laughs>
0: interesting okay
1: so as you play through the game you end up playing through four different levels of hell the first level is tartarus <laughs> where the most wretched of mortals go to be tortured by the furies and it is very it's very green um and purple but we also have the river Styx is colored red like blood at this point okay yeah all right um after Zagreus defeats Megara, which she's going to do really quickly here. This is a, I this speed run is just crazy. So Megara now has to be taken by the river Styx back to the house of Hades. And if you were to die at this point, it's possible that Megara would be at the house in the lounge having a drink after having been humiliated by Zagreus. <laughs> so he's about to move on to Asphodel, which okay. in mythology was where most mortals went. And it was just kind of a like nondescript, fields and flowers and kind of like vaguely pleasant. In the game, though, Asphodel is currently engulfed by the River of Flames because of a like engineering problem. In in the story here, Daedalus uh was responsible for creating these kind of like labyrinthine shifting rooms for Hades to present prevent souls from escaping. Mm-hmm. But he has been missing for a long time, and something went wrong in his design that allowed the the what do they call it, the phlegathon, I think is the name mm-hmm. of the river of flame okay. to like exp- like overflow into asphodel so it's currently like all these lava pits and stuff With a lot
0: of like nice bone skeleton motifs
1: yeah
0: good i feel like we need ian malcolm here to be like oh well maybe he thought he planned everything correctly but (laughs) there's always something that's going to go wrong in the system but maybe he planned it i don't know yeah maybe he did i mean
1: maybe this was how daedalus made his escape we don't know where he is so after Asphodel, which the, the final boss here is a giant bone hydra Aww. with all these How legs. Cute. Not legs. It doesn't have that many legs. With all <laughs> these heads that are like popping up out of the lava and shooting things at you. Uh, okay. We get to Elysium, which is where the like noble heroes go after they die. But yeah. that's also where the river Lethe is. So most of these noble heroes have drank of the river. They've forgotten themselves and their lives and they are they just like mindlessly fight all the time.
0: Oh weird.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait,
0: so why would they drink from the river? Um
1: if they could clearly see that that's what happens, like it like it, it's a way of like not having to exist for all eternity in this place where you might never see your loved ones again cuz like if if your loved ones ended up in Asphodel, there's no way for you to like get them or find them. I don't know. It it's not really always clear. We do actually meet one person in Elysium who has refused to drink from the river. Mm. And that is Patroclus from oh. the Iliad.
0: Yeah, um, the the friend of Achilles. Right. The, we're going <laughs> to.
1: Oh, my gosh. We're going to talk about that so much. <laughs> yeah. So uh, once you get through Elysium, Elysium, the final boss there is Theseus and the Minotaur. Mm -hmm. You may recall that Theseus was the one who killed the Minotaur in the original story, but in the afterlife, they have become like buds. They team up to fight people in this giant coliseum, and Mm -hmm. Theseus is this like really showboaty, I don't even know. They just became like
0: business partners. They just really respected each other's fighting style. Yeah, or possibly
1: more. We'll talk about that too. Uh, The Minotaur's got a total greaser vibe. I love it. And then after that, you get to the Temple of Sticks, mm-hmm. where the final boss is actually your dog, Cerberus. Oh, no. But you don't have to fight him. You just have to find him his favorite treat. Aww. So you have to, like, go through and explore all these rooms trying to find a, a satyr sack is what it is. And they- it's basically just like a sack of, like, smelly, icky bits that Cerberus loves to eat. Aww. um And then after you do that, you get out to the surface and waiting for you on the surface is your father, Hades, and you have to fight your dad to the death.
0: That's that's just some interesting daddy issues.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So if you manage to kill your dad, you go up to the surface, you find Persephone living at this lovely little cottage with this garden. She thought Zagreus was dead this whole time. She had Mm -hmm. actually seen him die. Yeah. And had left in part out of like the grief of losing her child. The twist here is that Zagreus actually can't survive on the surface world.
0: Oh, so
1: every time you oh, here's the
0: bone Hydra. Sorry. Yeah, here's <laughs> the bone Hydra. Yeah.
1: Every time you get up to the surface, you get these like a few precious minutes with your mom and then you die again and you are sent right back to the house of Hades and you have to fight your way back up again and kill your dad again to see your mom for a few more minutes. That's Um, wild. So like winning the game actually means like having these like death combat matches with your father like dozens of times. Yeah. Which is, I don't know, like, it's kind of interesting. The weird thing is that, like, your relation actually, the more times you kill each other, the better your relationship gets.
0: (laughs) But with between you and your father?
1: Yeah. Oh, weird. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: That's like a really blunt and. (laughs) <laughs> just like an extreme way of differentiating
1: <laughs> yeah so i want us to like look at the the character designs here because again the art of this game it's so cool it's really terrific so in between the combat sequences you have these times when you are like talking to people and these little character images pop up so we're gonna look at some of those so here's zagreus there's the little he's got a little skull but oh yeah, so he's got he's wearing a a, a chitin I think yeah. this this was called a chitin. Yeah, um, he's got a little skull belt. He's got three dog skulls as a as a pauldron like Cerberus. Yeah, he has one green eye and one red eye, suggesting this, like mixed
0: parentage, it's like de- demigod parentage yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah,
1: And one interesting thing is, oops, um, he. He leaves fiery footprints wherever he goes. And you'll actually see as the character (laughs) moves around, there are these little things. hard for him to hide.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. He's not a hider. He's a fighter, not a hider. (laughs) One of the really interesting things about the game, uh, in terms of like having to watch you and your father fight as often as you do, is Mm -hmm. the size difference between Zagreus and his dad. So here's Hades. And he's got a skull on his. Belt that's just like
0: it, it, it's got gems in its where its eyes should be, but also in its mouth. He's wearing this huge gem on his forearm, a bunch of rings. He's got some pretty amazing, like, mustache, long, yeah. long mustache thing going on. I can't quite figure out what the skull thing is that he has as part of his armor but he's huge. He's kind of, I feel like he actually looks so much like the typical like Disney dad in a lot of (laughs) movies, like like The Little Mermaid or particularly in Brave where all of the men are like grotesque (laughs) in one way or another. (laughs) And one of the ways in which they are grotesque is that they are just so comically huge compared to every other character around them so that's kind of him he's like just this massive bulking presence he is bigger than kevin sorbo as hercules (laughs) (laughs) how? and yeah he's he's got two red eyes and huge eyebrows which are kind of cool yeah he's just
1: a really intense presence so a couple of things the mustache here this shape that's almost like it's almost like an an infinity symbol if one side of it got, like, snapped open so the, yeah. the two ends are poking out rather than mm-hmm. being connected. This is, like, the symbol of the House of Hades. So it's on a lot of the decorations. It's oh. on the coins a lot mm. of the time. Okay. The other thing that's interesting is they they have Hades holding a scroll, a parchment scroll. Yeah. Um, Which is important because... Most of the times that we see Hades, if he is not fighting us to the death, he's doing paperwork. He's like at his <laughs> desk doing paperwork. And you can like listen in on him having audiences with various shades. And he oh. ju- you just like, you get this sense that he spends all of his time on bureaucratic nonsense.
0: Um, maybe that's why he enjoys his his sparring matches with you so much. Yeah, like it it's ca- something gets completely away. different. Yeah, just from the monotony of being a bureaucrat. <laughs> yeah, I do I, I feel like I've always gotten the sense in particular that Hades is like the like the one of the few Greek gods that's just a straight up bureaucrat. He's just yeah. doing paperwork all the time. He's just tracking the numbers and everyone else gets to like go around and do weird crap. And he's just down in the underworld doing all the important paperwork.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's a thankless job. It
0: does seem to be a really thankless job. Like, I think people generally don't thank you for being like, ah, I'm, I'm dead now. And I live in this underworld place.
1: Yeah. So here's Persephone when we first meet her. She actually gets an outfit change later in the game. Um, outfit upgrade yeah so here she is in in kind of like a goddess of spring yeah so she's got on
0: a very like flowy white cream chiton with these kind of beautiful it's hard to tell whether they're golden or not but these beautiful ropes kind of across her waist and up her chest and she but she's also just covered in different greens there's a there's she's got lavender in her hair i love that she does look a little bit older she's not like yeah. 20 (laughs) she does yeah you look at her and you're like yeah this woman's probably in her 50s she's not tiny necessarily but yeah she's carrying a basket full of fruit including the pomegranate that got Mm -hmm. her into trouble in the first place and she's got like anime hair almost but like long blonde and then the front it's almost like a mullet like a greek mullet yeah um Yeah, she's really, but she she looks kind of thoughtful, down to earth. Obviously, her eyes are green, so she's showing the I guess the human side of Zagreus in that mm-hmm. way. She looks great. Also, all of the the fact that she's basically holding a bounty definitely points to her parentage as well. So, because wasn't she one of the daughters of of the the goddess of the harvest or something? Demeter. Like that? Yeah, yeah, I thought that's right. I so yeah. my Greek mythology is not nearly as strong as Stephanie's but I do seem <laughs> to remember that. So yeah, here she is. She's she's a woman who like went through some stuff and I think we can definitely have a talk later about whether <laughs> canonically how how we want to talk
1: about her rape <laughs> I guess. Yeah, the way that the game handles that is interesting. In In the game, the story is, so she is the, she's a demigod, demigoddess. Demeter is her mother, Demeter. And she had a human father, a mortal father. Mm -hmm. Hades is like his brother, Zeus, is trying to like foist off all of these possible wives on him. Hades isn't really interested in any of them. Why does Zeus want Hades to get married? does he want him
0: to just be more settled in his bureaucratic role i
1: think like yeah because you know hades hades became the god of the underworld by drawing the short straw basically so like maybe (laughs) zeus was feeling bad that his brother got the short straw and then was like all right like (laughs) i'll try to get you a nice wife at least
0: yeah here's some Um, hotties to choose from
1: yeah, so Hades wasn't interested. Persephone, first, I can't remember exactly what the story was. Actually, the wiki will probably tell us. There was some reason why she was unhappy where she was. Okay, so she was forced to come to the underworld by Zeus. Um, Interesting. So the, the two of them were kind of like, it was kind of an arranged marriage, basically. Okay. But over time, they developed a real relationship and like some true intimacy and love Mm -hmm. and after the the birth of her child and subsequent death of her child who was then later revived by the fates without her knowing anything about it she chose to leave the underworld Mm -hmm. which honestly like we know from statistics losing a child is very hard on a couple yeah. Um, yeah. And often can prompt separations. So no, no shade on Persephone for that. So that's the way they handled that. It was in, instead of it being a rape, yeah. um, they it was an arranged marriage. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's
0: interesting that whoever brought him back, were like, we're going to wait long enough for Persephone to leave and like basically get divorced, but we're. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: nix. So Nyx was Zagreus's foster mother. She raised him, and oh. yeah, <laughs> I love this. I know she's so
0: good. She almost looks like she's like from Sailor Moon. Yeah, like if Sailor Moon became more like of a goth show.
1: <laughs> yeah, so she's um, yeah. So Nix is it... primarily done in like purples. Yeah, um, absolutely. She's got a this gold. dark hair that kind of wings out behind her. And on the underside of her hair, you can see like, star- like stars, like a night sky kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. She's got stars in her diadem. She's wearing like a little crown she's also wearing a like a necklace that has a skull holding a big purple gem in its mouth her dress is also decorated with a couple of more skulls and then she's got these big moons yeah, on just her giant shoulder. moons yeah <laughs> and- i love the skulls they look
0: kind of like cute but also mournful mm-hmm. they're very different from the other skulls we see but the moons are like the the obvious giant He's here. She's like, mm-hmm. hey guys, I'm the goddess of the night. Take a look yeah. at moons. Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of flowiness here, which is why I say she makes me think of Sailor Moon. There's just like a ton of long flowing hair and ribbons. And it looks like if she were to spin around, there'd be lots of flowing from her, her, I guess, chitin, but you know, her dress that she's wearing. It's very striking. Yeah. She's um... also got a very like smoky eye look. Yeah.
1: And the interesting thing in her, her kind of characterization is she's, she's kind of formal in the way that she talks, even with her children and foster children. So she's, she's a very affectionate person, but she's not a very expressive person. Okay. Which I, I kind of like it. It kind of goes with this idea like she was one of the Titans. Like she's, uh, you know, like a step removed from the experiences of gods and then two steps removed from the experience of mortals. Mm -hmm. So there are these times sometimes where you can see that she's like struggling a little bit with things like emotions and figuring out how to like express things. Yeah. Um, So
0: uh, when you mean she's affectionate, but has difficulty expressing her emotions like what do you mean by the affectionate
1: yeah so Uh, she's maybe devoted is a better word than affectionate she's very devoted to her children um, and her foster children and we can actually see we're going to talk about her sons in a second we see three of her sons in this game but she's also taken in the Furies as kind of foster daughter she has Zagreus as a foster daughter so she ends up being a very motherly character and clearly cares a lot about the well-being of her children and foster children
0: it seems kind of interesting that she's presented as so motherly not only to her own children her I guess biological children but also Mm -hmm. to her foster children Because I I could easily see there being a trope of, like, Zagreus's relationship with Nix is really terrible because he's her foster kid. And Mm -hmm. that's one huge reason why he, when he finds out that it's not his mom, he wants to seek out his mother. But, yeah, even the fact that he doesn't realize that she's not his biological mom, I think that that's a nice, like, very different take than you have, um, than you might have expected, I think. This is kind of an amazing image. Okay, so I was going to say- What is going on
1: here? (laughs) um, We're going to- I kind of put characters together kind of loosely in my little slideshow here. So here on the right, we have Primordial Chaos, who is Nyx's parent. And one of the little side quests in the game is to reunite Nyx and Chaos because they had a very- fraught relationship. I think the way that Chaos expresses it was like they were incapable of being gentle or like just really inconscientious maybe with Mm. their children. Chaos is always referred to using they them pronouns the voice for chaos is a like layered vocal effect where we hear both more feminine and more masculine voices happening oh, at the same time interesting uh, zagreus uses the term gentle being to refer to them um <laughs> and and Love it's always it. parent, like they are nix's parent so mm-hmm. shout out for non-binary representation i guess yeah i mean i just want to describe what's going on in the picture yes you should
0: describe what's going on this is maybe not the best non-binary
1: representation but
0: i i think it's spot on this is how i actually (laughs) look as well um no there's so chaos has this kind of corona going on at the top that looks like it's made from gold they're sort of all muted kind of gray cream color they appear to have some kind of symbol in the middle of their forehead. I can't quite see exactly what it is, but it's got gold and red in it.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's like a pair of eyes. Yeah. in the, in, the, in a larger eye shape. And then there's some super
0: cute what look like bat wings coming out of their head and some horns coming out of those. They're wearing some really cute purple gem earrings. They have a really nice bright red gem in the middle of their chest but then like so the top is is kind of a mix of things that are are very very beautiful and sleek and androgynous and then it it kind of moves into it it looks like they have like a scarf that goes down their body that's made of tree roots and those roots turn into kind of different types of faces all of which have red eyes. It looks like there's red flowers on them. They, There's faces. It also looks like there's, there's one little bit in there that looks like a fetus. So there's this kind of like sense of growth and creation, but like maybe not quite perfect creation. There's also like this, for some reason, something about the lower part of this picture, because you can kind of see the rib cage and what looks like a spine. It makes me think a lot of, the the death that they created for Scrooge. <laughs> oh, yeah. In the later part of the scene, where yeah. where death opens up its robe and it's just this this rib cage with like these screaming monsters in it who are I guess damned to live inside of death's rib cage for eternity. Later on, they dance because they're having a good time at the party at the end of the movie. Yeah. And yes, yeah, so the top. I thought that was an umbilical cord there. It, you know, connective. it might be. It's hard to tell. It do, it's you know, hard to now, tell. It could be now both. Now that you've traced it, I can kind of see it connected to the fetus. And then, like, so the top, it's like you have kind of the sharpest features, and then it, it really does blur completely by the time you get to the bottom of the image, where it's like, is that a tree trunk? It's just kind of shapeless color. It's interesting. I mean, I, I feel like it's kind of a nice creation of what chaos might look like at least some of the time yeah are they and holding chaos, like a little
1: marble or yeah they, they're thing? holding a marble that kind of looks like earth like yeah so chaos also gives you boons you can you can find these portals as you are playing through different levels mm-hmm. and you actually have to pay some of your hp to descend into the portal
0: Oh, okay. You
1: you can talk with chaos. Zagreus calls them master chaos and chaos offers you boons, but their boons always come with a price. So it'll be something like for the next six encounters, because the game is kind of measured in encounters. So for the next Mm -hmm. six encounters, you have like 30% less health. After that, your attack does plus 60% damage or something like that. So it's like a really
0: huge boon, but it's a huge cost as well.
1: Yeah, you have to like get through the cost in order to get the reward. Um, Gotcha. And at one point, Nyx says that chaos is, what's the word? Chaos is a deceiver, but not malicious, I think is the way that she puts it. Mm. Um. So there's definitely this feat, like, you're never quite sure exactly where you stand with Chaos, and you kind of see Zagreus kind of forcing his friendship, or not forcing, because Chaos never really indicates that they're not interested, or, like, that they don't want Zagreus to be there, right. and it's very clear that if they didn't want Zagreus to be there, he wouldn't be there. Right. But they never seem to go out of their way to be friendly, so. Yeah.
0: Can I also Um, point out that, not Nyx, that Chaos has some great eyelash game going on? (laughs) Yeah. Those are amazing eyelashes. So, yeah,
1: I feel like this artist managed to capture this like really beautifully androgynous face. Yeah. So, I think maybe thinking about like Nyx as a, as a mother it's clear that she did not have a good relationship with her parent right and maybe what we're seeing is like her attempting to be a better parent without having a good example of how to do that okay um yeah which i honestly i think is something that maybe a lot of people of our generation can and i when i say our generation Britt and i are both millennials but yeah. like Elder a lot of people millennials to, we're yes. not quite gen x yeah but we're, um yeah <laughs> but i know like A lot of people that I have talked to who are like having kids right now or want to have kids who are our age have talked a lot about like thinking really deliberately about the kind of parents they want to be and Mm -hmm. like some of the things that maybe didn't go great in their childhoods and how they want to do better. So, all right. So let's actually go back and talk about Nix's children, the rest of Nix's children. So here on the left, we have Hypnos, who is the god of sleep. (laughs) Every time Zagreus dies and comes out of the pool in the house of Hades, Hypnos is there to greet him. He he greets everyone who dies and comes into the house. Oh, wow. Um, A lot of times when you show up, he's asleep and you startle him awake.
0: (laughs) So this is basically the character modeled after me. Yeah. Um,
1: (laughs) Except that all
0: right. So it's interesting to look at this character because he's got this like huge red regal robe. It makes me think a lot of looking at old paintings of like Queen Elizabeth the first or King Henry VIII, just the eighth, just the huge red royal, except it looks kind of quilted. It's like this weird mix of like royal robe and like Santa Claus jacket Yeah, uh, beneath that he's wearing a chitin that's really like really cut close it looks i don't know it looks great he's got this great belt with a sleeping skull which is super cute it looks like there's poppies on either side of the skull the red poppies with purple gems in the middle he's got one of those coins with the symbol that we talked about earlier of Hades. And then he's got a little scroll with with what looks to be almost like a clipboard and he's holding a quill. And he like when I look at his face and, and the way he's standing, the first thing I thought was that he's just like a sardonic queen, like <laughs> talking to him. <laughs> I don't know if that's at all what his character is like but I could I could see him kind of quipping jokes in between his naps when he (laughs) interacts with people so I don't know if that's the case he
1: he's more of a like oblivious a lovable oblivious doof I guess okay um he does he does quip jokes but I he doesn't really intend them to be funny so there's There's one point where like, if you get killed by Theseus and the Minotaur and you pop back up, he's like, oh, I see you got killed by the Minotaur again. You know what might help is next time if you got me his autograph. (laughs) It's like no hypnos that won't help. But yeah.
0: So just very like earnest doesn't realize that what he's saying is kind of silly or or biting potentially. Okay. He's
1: got a little bit of a stoner vibe. I can kind of see that with the eyes. The eyes yeah. definitely look
0: pretty glazed over. And he's,
1: he's not, he's actually not very good at his job. And like other members of the house are constantly having to get on him about actually doing his job right. And I mean, if you're yeah. born
0: into a job, then there's no really any need to be any good at it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't. On the right here, we have his brother, Caron, the boatman.
0: Which, um, uh, he looks so great. I love Yeah, He's such a cutie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's got
0: this huge hat. This huge black hat all over him are these coins with the Hades motif, which, uh, you know, obviously you have to pay the boatmen to take you across the river Styx. He's got a huge oar with these like lovely geometric waves on it in gold. He's got a big purse at his side with a gold skull on it. He's wearing a black and gold robe. But I think the best part is just the little peeking skull like face over the top of the robe with just purple smoke coming out of his mouth. And it's either smoke or a gem in his eyes. There's purple kind of where his nostrils are. He just looks like such a, like he looks like someone that maybe you might be afraid of if you first met him. But
1: I imagine Mm -hmm. he's a real softy inside. (laughs) I don't know if that's true or not. He's cute. I like him. So he pops up periodically as you are out trying to escape the underworld and he sells you things like he 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 just wants coins so the other thing is that every time you try to talk to him he just groans like that's <laughs> that's his only form of communication i mean it groaning. doesn't look like he has a tongue so
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> that seems um
1: fair. he is very chill like you can you can hit him with your sword or whatever and he just doesn't do anything the only time he gets mad at you is if you try to steal his money bag <laughs> Oh, and then wow. you have to fight to the death. So yeah, he's like a Ferengi or whatever. Like <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: they right. have
1: one other brother that shows up here on the left, Thanatos, who is the god of, I mean, he's called like the god of death, but it more accurately is like he's the god of gentle death, okay. right? So as opposed nice. to like death on the battlefield, he's the god of like, oh, I fell asleep and didn't wake up death.
0: Which is why he carries an enormous scythe. <laughs> yeah. And a sword. He's got the scythe and a oh, sword. Oh yeah, he does. There it is. Yeah, he he's the most, I guess the second most anime looking character here. Mm-hmm. He's got kind of the really light yellow eyes, white hair that's kind of, you know, the, the anime hair where it's big, but also like perfectly set in one shape and... White eyebrows. He's got what look like little wings up on his armor up top, and as I said, an truly unnecessarily enormous scythe, which has this big purple eye on it. His sword also has a purple eye gem on it. He's everybody's wearing super cute belts with skulls on them. I I definitely. I feel like this should be a fashion that we all (laughs) start doing. I really like. I like the the belts the belts with skulls on them. But otherwise, he's all in black and gold with sort of purple lights. He he seems, again, I feel like he looks most like his mother in terms of like just the beautiful
1: goth anime
0: Mm -hmm. character.
1: So Thanatos is really close friend from childhood with Zagreus. Like Zagreus and Thanatos and Hypnos were raised together as foster brothers Mm. when Zagreus decides to try to escape hades he doesn't tell thanatos that he's leaving and thanatos takes it really hard so periodically throughout the game thanatos will pop up wherever you are and kind of challenge you to a contest to see which of you can kill the most enemies Mm. and he almost always wins because he's the god of death and it's fucking unfair yeah um but if you manage to beat him, he gives you an HP boost, which is nice. So they Thanatos and Zagreus have a, a kind of complicated relationship where like, Thanatos is really hurt because he feels like he's being abandoned. Zagreus mm-hmm. feels like Thanatos doesn't understand why he has to do this thing he has to do. And so throughout the game, you see them kind of like working that relationship out Yeah. while they have these like contests to see who can kill the most.
0: I mean, I think that is the most emotionally healthy way to deal right. With it. <laughs> That's how I do things when i'm I'm hurt. And instead of talking about it, I just challenge people to contests, <laughs> yeah.
1: So another member of the House of Hades uh, over here on the right is Achilles, and he serves as kind of the house guard. Mm -hmm. He's also the one who trained Zagreus in combat. So you will periodically go back and check in with Achilles. He gives you his like codex, which Mm -hmm. has notes about all the characters you meet, all the enemies you face, all the fish that you can catch, all of this stuff.
0: Hmm. Is catching fish a huge part of the game?
1: It's, it's a little side thing. Like you can sometimes catch fish and they all have punny names. Okay. Like one I of like them it. is a carp, but it's spelled with a CH. So it looks like charp, but it's carp. <laughs> That's
0: very silly. Do yeah. you eat
1: the fish that you catch? Do you sell you, them? Uh, you take them to the the head cook of the house and he gives you various kinds of rewards for your fish.
0: Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah, so Achilles is bright blonde, but thankfully not a not a Brad Pitt looking Achilles. I yeah. feel like a Brad Pitt was too much. He's older as well, so he he definitely looks like a man who is in his mid I I would I would say like mid 50s maybe, but has he's very muscular. He's got this huge it's like a weird if one of those sh- short swords that Romans used had a baby with a spear, that's what it looks like he's holding. Yeah. It's this very like wide pointed end. He's all surrounded in green which seems to be like not a super popular color amongst the the people in the underworld except for all the lighting and uh, that one space was all green. Mm-hmm. He's got uh, one of the coins holding his he's got this cloak on that's green and, and gold so he's got the Hades coin but in this case it's it's red the the symbol is red he. He unfortunately doesn't have a skull belt there's no skulls here so that's a real downside his
1: skull belt yet
0: uh uh, yeah so he hasn't got high enough i guess yeah he's he looks definitely sort of world weary thoughtful he's a more he's he's an achilles with more depth than i Mm -hmm. remember from the iliad or certainly from the movie troy (laughs)
1: yeah and the way that the way that he's kind of characterized the way the voice actor the the voice actor has this kind of like resigned tonality to him Mm -hmm. he's he's very much characterized as like a man who has regrets um who does not like some of the things that he did in his past but who is now really Dedicated to helping Zagreus.
0: Yeah. For example, taking Hector's body and just mm-hmm. <laughs> carrying it around behind his chariot until it
1: yeah. disintegrated.
0: Just so as we... an example, throwing babies <laughs> on the spears, just a few examples <laughs> of the horrible things that were going on. Yeah.
1: Um, so we later find out that Achilles agreed to work for Hades in exchange for Patroclus getting a place in Elysium. Instead of ending up in Asphodel. Why wouldn't he have gone to Elysium? Did he not die in battle? I guess like, I mean, Patroclus did die in battle, but Elysium is for like, top tier heroes it also and I guess sounds like... like
0: it kind of sucks yeah <laughs> I thought it was supposed to be nice but it doesn't sound nice I all. mean I
1: guess it depends on your definition of nice <laughs> uh it's definitely very beautiful we should we maybe we we can go back and like look at some of the footage yeah from the museum. it's a it's a beautiful place so, so does
0: Achilles th- ever go visit Patroclus mm. do they ever have any like little little moments together
1: um <laughs> One of the big subquests that you can do, and honestly, this was the subquest that kept me playing the game for a while, mm-hmm. is you can get Achilles and Patroclus back together. Aww. Um, they are so Achilles thinks that Patroclus is better off without him. Patroclus is kind of resentful towards Achilles because he he doesn't know like where he is or what has happened he he's just like in Elysium by himself which um, is rude yeah yeah that's rude. and <laughs> also there's like achilles's contract with hades which keeps him in the house like he's not allowed to leave the house so you have to like first of all get achilles and patroclus by going basically back and forth between them like you go up to elysium you see patroclus you die you come back to the house you talk to achilles you get so- them to a place where they want to see each other again and then you have to sort out the contract with hades so that achilles can mm-hmm. have leave to go visit patroclus
0: So there's some more forms involved.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of forms.
0: Um, So I'm curious, why did Achilles not want Patroclus to go to Asphodel? Like that sounds like it's pleasant and nice. Like, is there something in particular about that compared to Elysian that
1: is he thought I mean because Elysium is supposed to be like a step up on in terms of the like, I don't know, he uh, like didn't read the fine print in his contract, yeah, or something. I, well, <laughs> and he, you know, he didn't know what Elysium was really like before he got there, and he just sure he thought okay. that maybe Patroclus would like it better there. So so also working for Hades are the Furies. We talked about Megara earlier, who is Zagreus's ex-girlfriend. Um, I would watch a show about these people. <laughs> So we also have her sisters. This is the
0: Sailor Moon we always
1: deserved. (laughs) So we have her sisters, Tisiphone, who is the Punisher of murderers. So who's in who's in what spot here? We've got got, Tisiphone is is dressed in green. She's in the center. What is her name? Tisiphone.
0: Tisiphone. Okay. Yeah.
1: And then electo is in red on the right and she i can't remember her title it's she's like the punisher of passions or something like that
0: that's why she's Um, wearing butt plugs in her armor (laughs) (laughs) depends on how you how you see punishment i suppose
1: yep Yeah, so all three of these, they they have kind of similar outfits where they're they've got like this one shoulder strap, tightened, mm-hmm. um, cinched with a belt. They all have one wing. That was one of the characteristics of the Furies, is that they have one kind of like a big bat wing. Yeah. Megara has, uh, she's dressed in kind of this blue purple and her hair is in this really high ponytail and she has a whip that she is gesturing with. And, um, she has these like bright pink fingernails.
0: I love Uh, the fingernails. I'm, I find it interesting that the whip looks like a whip sort of when it's near her hand, but the rest mm -hmm. of it in this, in this picture just looks like a ribbon and it Mm -hmm. looks the same which is, again, why it made me think of Sailor Moon as sort of the long-flowing mm-hmm. ribbon appearance. And it looks like the other two sisters are holding what are supposed to be whips, but there's the same effect where they just kind yeah. of look like big ribbons, except maybe with Electo, where it looks like she's about to tell you that you are a very naughty boy.
1: Uh-huh. The three of them are sisters. Like, they, mm-hmm. they were born of the same source, Mm-hmm. what that source was they don't they don't really talk about that in the game very much I don't think but Nyx took them in as again like a foster mother mm-hmm. um, Megara can't stand her sisters <laughs> um, and you you get the impression that none of them really like each other Electo is her special ability is called rage like she has a rage beater that fills up and then she just like Flips out, so she's just angry all the time. Basically, okay. uh, your description yeah. of like always being ready for a fight is right. Yeah, Tisiphone is is almost losing. Uh, I started to say like humanity, but she's not human, so that doesn't make sense. But like, yeah, she she is not in touch with reality. And in fact, the only game, the only word that Tisiphone says for almost the entire game is murderer because hmm. she has been so focused on her job of punishing murderers so how does she punish the murderers just out of curiosity well we don't get to see much punishing happening in mm-hmm. tartarus uh, okay. except for sisyphus is in tartarus
0: yeah <laughs> um, that's a pretty bad punishment
1: <laughs> yeah we, we actually get to meet sisyphus and, and his boulder who he calls boldy Ah. <laughs> um and then Megara is the only one of the Furies who is actually allowed in the house of Hades the other two are not allowed in the house because they, they just can't too be... like yeah they can't be trusted to like they just broke be... too many plates or yeah something. <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> especially Electo look at her
1: yeah she um... like
0: she's just broken so much like every dinner she's like throwing down glass cups <laughs> and everything she's like I will fight you and they're like ah not again. Not again, Electo.
1: So also in the house, we have Cerberus, the three-headed guard dog of oh. hell. Um, <laughs> you can pet him, but only one of his heads likes pets, so you, you only pet the one head. He spends most of his time sitting beside Hades' desk as Hades is doing all of his endless paperwork. Mm.
0: Um, he's like the he's basically the dog of like an english lord
1: (laughs) like sometimes they get to go
0: on hunts but mostly they're just doing correspondence and the dogs near the fire in the study
1: (laughs) i kind of love with cerberus they they made him red and so he's almost like clifford the big red three-headed dog like the the farthest right head is the one that you can pet
0: i mean that makes sense (laughs) yeah yeah and on their collars they have adorable little skulls. They're just they they actually are really cute. So like so our, our doofusy one likes to get petted. Do the other heads like maybe one really loves treats or one really likes frisbees. I don't know what frisbees. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I remember at one point you can you can buy treats for Cerberus, but I don't think you ever actually get to feed him any of them. Oh. So, but you do get to pet. So if you're one of those people who looks up on on the websites if you can pet the dog in the game you can pet the dog in this game fantastic i mean you can't have a dog in a game that you can't yeah that's it's not fair
0: that's horrible
1: yeah Um, (laughs) so who's this delightful floating head (laughs) here on the right we have dusa who is the maid for the house she is a gorgon and there's actually a point when you're when you're out in the underworld trying to escape you fight gorgons and later there there comes a point where zagreus asks like um are you related to them in any way because i've kind of killed a lot of them and and deuce is like yeah i mean technically but like not really and it's fine if you kill them i mean she's super
0: cute she's got these very cute snakes one seems very helpful it's holding her (laughs) Her duster. I was wondering why she was holding a a duster, but now I understand why. She's got these huge yellow eyes that are just wide open, a much more sort of like kid cartoony mouth than any of the other characters we've seen with like these, that she's got her these two fangs, but they look more like buck teeth than fangs. Mm -hmm. She's got what looks like just kind of a generally happy
1: look on her face. She almost like, looks like she's got little freckles across her nose. Yeah,
0: exactly. She like Achilles has the uh, one of the Hades coins and it's red. Is that just like a color reserved for servants of the house basically, I wonder.
1: I think they were mostly going for contrast because gotcha. Achilles was also wearing green and Dusa oh. is green, so yeah. Gotcha.
0: She's I mean, cute. Yes. I I don't understand why she's only a head, <laughs> but otherwise.
1: Yeah, all the gorgons in the games are just floating heads. I guess that was a choice they made. Okay. Now that's um, cool. Yeah. But yeah, she's she's always buzzing around the house. She's very she's very nervous and shy. She doesn't want to lose her job. Like she works really, really hard because she really likes being in the house of Hades and doesn't mm-hmm. want to lose her job. So so is she the um, only
0: maid in the house. Because she's the only maid. <laughs> this seems yeah. like a huge house. Yeah, like maybe Hades could have hired some more help. Yeah, yeah, he probably should. <laughs> he
1: seems Deuce like a penny pincher.
0: <laughs> yeah, <he did>. yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. These workers need to unionize. That's what I say. So we have Theseus and the Minotaur, or Asterius. They call him Asterius in this I think game. Asterius is
0: a super hot Minotaur. Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh God. He's got this like, it's it's almost like a like a greaser hairdo where it's like a coil in front yeah. with another little like little lock loop resting against his forehead. Yeah, like when he visits
0: the 1950s, he's actually got a tight white t-shirt on and a packet of cigarettes rolled over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's got these, this really like kind of cool look on his face. He's got the big septum ring. He's, he's got some pink in his horns. Like, I don't know. I feel like he's the beast we always deserved, but never got. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) He's he's great. And then Theseus just looks like a person I would never want to talk to. He looks extremely full of himself.
1: He's got this, like this, like Superman vibe
0: yeah especially um, with the he, big so he's gloves like,
1: on yeah he's got these big gloves on and he's got his hands on his hips and he's got this like you know all-american smile on his face and one an eyebrow is kind of cocked up and his biceps are too big yeah like too um, big <laughs> Okay. So before, before I go on to this next thing, we're going to, I want to talk about the romance options yeah, in this game, I but first I want to, like, <laughs> I want to, I want to ask, first of all, like general feelings about romance in video games and romance options in video games. So I love romance and video games. I have played a lot of games where romance has been
0: a primary interest of mine in the game. Like not that I'm not doing the other bits of the game, but I'm very, very engaged in the romance. So they have some pretty awesome romance options in both the, the mass effect series, which is one mm-hmm. of my favorite series of video games and in the dragon age series. And I, I, I have spent a lot of time cultivating romances in those. I think probably in the, in the Dragon Age series, my, I still feel like my OTP is Alistair. Alistair. Alistair's I've, I've romanced different characters and I think hands down Alistair is my OTP and my, I, I, t- I generally get attached to types of characters that I've developed, and I, I had like an early kind of, uh, you know, magic casting female character that I, that I think really paired well with Alistair, just kind of being a doofus, and then, then in Mass Effect, I, I really can't decide between Garrus and Liara. What Mm -hmm. I like about Liara is that she is bisexual, and so she Mm -hmm. will pair with either of your characters. In terms of romance options, so I feel like they're getting more wide and accepting. So in Mm -hmm. like Mass Effect Andromeda, for example, there are a lot more options for different characters to pair with you, Mm -hmm. which I think is really nice because in earlier games, it was like, well, you know, if you wanted to pair with someone but your character happened to be a dude then like that that that's never gonna happen like garris is never gonna be interested in you as a human dude which
1: Mm -hmm.
0: doesn't make a lot of sense because gender across these characters and certainly sex is extremely different and so like Mm -hmm. why would that matter in this world in uh dragon age inquisition they have it's not a main character which i I think is really sad but they've got a trans character that you get to interact with. I always felt like Varys should be a romanceable character and isn't. So that mm-hmm. makes me sad. I, so I think like, I, I I, guess I would just love for more, even more openness and, and you get to engage with different types of personalities and give gifts and go on mini adventures and just have a lot of different interactions. Because I think that's one of the benefits of games where they have sort of like a friendship and or romance system built in. I think the big thing that I now, like on the one hand, when I get to play games, I sort of try to make different characters. Some are more androgynous. Uh, I've more recently been like purposefully making, you know, men characters. But I do think a really big drawback to a lot of these is not even just like the sexuality possibilities, but also the fact that when you're creating a character in most games, except for like... Animal Crossing where there aren't any romance options mm-hmm. um, so your whatever your sex is doesn't matter also Animal Crossing does a thing where they sort of give you two options but they don't label either one necessarily and you can kind of wear whatever clothes you're, you're given or purchased yeah. Yeah. but I, I do think like the downside is, is I can't choose to play a non binary character or if yeah. I choose to play a man I have a very limited set of body sizes and shapes to play with yeah. I also am very sad that you don't often get the option to make like fat characters there's no mm-hmm. disability so there's a lot of i think limitations that don't need to be in these games that are that could be thought of as like why why I guess my 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 concern not concern my sadness is that there isn't a wider range of like human possibilities in these yeah but I do love romance I I love just having consistent engagements with different characters and sort of imagining myself as a character and how I would interact with these other people and why yeah so I I love romance and games for sure
1: so I I'm also a big fan of romance and games I I am a 100% Garrus fangirl like (laughs) even though he's
0: kind of like a little bit too ready he's like he like in real life he's like the cop who has like a, a punisher sticker on the back of his pickup truck
1: (laughs) but like also the way that his character we can we need to do a mass effect episode obviously (laughs) um anyway so in in hades uh you have you have three romanceable options Mm -hmm. you can get back together with your ex-girlfriend megara okay you can hook up with your bff thanatos Or you can start a romance with Dusa, the head with snakes for hair. I feel like these are all
0: really problematic options.
1: Like, all right, hook
0: up with your ex, uh which is maybe the least problematic, depending on how your relationship ended. Hook Mm -hmm. up with your best friend slash sibling, which is weird to me. Or hook up with the maid over whom you have a lot of power. I just... (laughs)
1: Yeah. And actually, so one thing that's kind of interesting in this game is all of the characters that we have talked about, Mm -hmm. you have relationships with that you build over time. And so they progress, like all of your relationships have some way in which they progress from something Mm -hmm. more surface level into something deeper over time. Yeah, The romance options are then after you have you know like for instance with megara after you have addressed some of the problems and hurts from your past relationship and are mm. on a firmer footing as friends you have the option to take it a step further mm. and start to initiate a romance okay so this is actually one of the things where the the fans and the players were involved because originally there were only two romanceable options mm-hmm. um, megara and thanatos and the fans really liked Dusa and the okay. interactions that Zagreus and Dusa had so the creators made her a romanceable option the the outcomes there's there's a a few different things that can happen here if you romance Dusa when you get to the end of the the romance quest she actually tells you that she doesn't think she wants to have a romantic relationship with anyone and that she doesn't, she's not really attracted to you
0: mm-hmm. as
1: a romantic partner, Yeah, but that she wants you to be friends for all time. uh-huh. So you get this official label of being Deuce's friend for all time, which (laughs) as somebody on the Ace spectrum, I kind of like the idea of there being a romance option that is about forming a deep and intimate friendship rather than That is kind of amazing, actually. Like I mean, I so I
0: still have reservations about the whole power difference. Sure. But I I do love the idea of having ace intimate options where it's like Mm -hmm. listen the the most important thing isn't whatever sexual romantic relationship you might build with somebody like there are other very central extremely important relationships that you should be able to build and I think that's kind of great that they yeah they have that as an
1: option that's cool so one of my biggest I don't want to say complaints no maybe I don't know one of my biggest problems with romance options in video games is how often you get kind of railroaded not railroaded that's not the right but you only get to choose one to like get to the end Mm -hmm. and if you like the the games where if you choose multiples and there are consequences for you like cheating or being dishonest with partners like I think that's cool and realistic but There are very few, if any, games that include romance options that allow the possibility of poly relationships. Right, yeah. And this one does. So you you can romance all three characters to their max. And with Dusa, you become friends for all time, (laughs) or all eternity or whatever. Yeah. If you romance both Megara and Thanatos there is this final scene where they like confront Zagreus in his room and you all basically agree to start a polyamorous relationship nice yeah so I kind of like the fact that I don't have to just like (laughs) pick
0: yeah I feel like I've especially like multiple playthroughs through Mass Effect or Dragon Age Mm -hmm. I feel like I've had this experience I think especially when I the first time I played Andromeda where I was just like I'm gonna flirt with everybody all the time like that's my character and it is a real bummer that people get they get upset or like there, it, there's really no mechanism for there to be polyamory involved mm-hmm. in ways that could be really healthy and i feel like this takes us back to our discussion of the very healthy thruples and harry potter yeah <laughs> yeah i think you need you need some opportunities for polyamorous relationships and i love also the idea of these polyamorous relationships being like multiple so here having like Maybe you have a really romantic relationship with someone who is ace and that's their part of your polycule. And then someone else, you know, you have this other level of relationship with, and everybody is aware and friends and talks through your relationship in depth. I think that's kind of great and not a thing that you see. Yeah. And really, I can't think of really any mainstream media that really does that. So yeah. I think that would be great.
1: Yeah. And, there the the thruple with thanatos and megara is featured very prominently in like the fanfics Mm -hmm. there's also a lot of fix about there's also there's a lot of implications and there's a lot of fix where even the the relationship with megara and thanatos isn't necessarily like exclusive so Mm Um, There's a lot of fics about, like, Zagreus and Patroclus and Achilles. Nice. Okay. Love it. Um, it. Theseus and Asterius the Minotaur are often paired up in fics. I like it. Yeah. And it's (laughs) a lot of times it's this kind of, like, uh, Theseus is in, like, big denial over his sexuality. And he's just like, no, we're just bros. We're just, like, really good bros. (laughs) what he's like my best friend and partner what <laughs> meanwhile Asterius is like quietly pining away and just kind of like well this is what it is what's and a little he's... sex
0: between friends every now and
1: then <laughs> like, um, eventually Theseus comes around and like
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know they're together so I, I want to just talk about like a few trends from this game to kind of close us out here yeah before I name drop my absolute favorite fic right now um <laughs> Yeah. So first of all, talking about the like interactions between the creators and the the players, this is one of many games that we're seeing coming out that are. It's a game built for how players want to play, and yeah. it's built for a variety of. Of play, play styles, play goals. So there's like already a built in timer for speedrunners that automatically pauses anytime you start a, a dialogue thing. <laughs> um, yeah. There are options for like increasing your difficulty level as you move through the game mm-hmm. for people who like really want the challenge. There's a god mode option where every time Zagreus dies, your the amount of damage you take from enemies like drops a a tiny bit every time Hmm. and the idea the the like idea thematically is like Zagreus is learning and getting stronger every time he fails so and that really helps for people who just like they want to move the story along which was how I played the first time like I was so invested in like the story that I wanted to just like keep moving. Mm -hmm. There were lots of ways they incorporated feedback from early access players between Mm -hmm. like how weapons worked, how boons worked, things like that. So they've been very responsive to players. Yeah, And I think that one of the things that's really interesting right now is that with things like Steam and good old gaming, but then Mm -hmm. also the like Switch e-store, it's it's a lot easier for indie game designers to get their games to people.
0: Yeah, that's really true.
1: So doing something like doing an early release on in one audience and then a larger release for all audiences is like a financially viable option. Mm-hmm. And you're able to like get your indie game to the same audiences as the like big name game producers, right. game yeah. companies.
0: Yeah, like EA um, and... and- mm-hmm. All those. Yeah.
1: So I think we're seeing a lot of games that are able to be more responsive to like player feedback because mm-hmm. the like the financial barrier of like just making a game. Yeah. I think that's is true. kind of lower so you can yeah. take more risks or do things different. And because you always have the option of doing updates. Yeah. You can fix things that went bad the first time.
0: Right. Yeah. That's a really good point. I I think that's actually kind of like a really lovely element of games in this day and age is because the means of production are so much more available to more mm-hmm. people now than they ever used to be, it it allows for a much wider possibility of like perspectives and mm-hmm. possibilities that than you would otherwise have, which I think is really really positive. I it I think it does also though go hand in hand with because you have this kind of balkanization of like streaming services and other things where you're kind of. We don't have sort of big media in the same way. Everybody has sort of like an, a media niche where they are surrounded by certain types of media that they engage with and are less likely necessarily to come across other types of media. That I think that presents its own set of challenges as well in terms of on the one hand, you can get more perspectives in games, but then who is actually seeing those different yeah. perspectives and different types of games might in fact, be a smaller audience. So I don't know. I'll, I'll, overwhelmingly, I think it is actually a positive development, but it'll be interesting to see how this continues to develop, especially yeah. the more we kind of figure out how we are want, how we are, or do we want to regulate these kinds of online spaces? Yeah. But I do love the, the, the opportunity for fan feedback as well. Cause I think, yeah, Yeah, you can be so responsive and being responsive is really important, Um, particularly for, I don't know, uh, changing social mores, maybe as well. I think that's kind Mm -hmm. of something that is really interesting to to, I wonder if more and more games go to this model, like what will happen? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, interesting.
1: The other thing that's kind of interesting here in relation to other games is we're seeing a lot of games now, especially with these like roguelike games Mm -hmm. where failure is not the same as losing yeah and and where failure is kind of built into the experience Um, yeah
0: I feel like that really struck me when you were describing the game because it seems like so many games like maybe dying a lot is part of so like I don't play the Elden Ring I don't play Bloodborne I've never I and I have no wish to have watched my partner play them and I what I see is Die, like death after death after death after death. And like, mm-hmm. I guess you're learning. But for me, that degree of challenge would really tell me like, nope, that's not for me. Like, I don't need that degree of challenge where it sounds mm-hmm. like in this game, there's a payoff beyond potentially learning something new in- using the controls of the game and learning the attacks there's there's more payoff narratively to dying and i think that's actually kind of a real that seems really interesting to me i like that as a mechanic
1: yeah so another game that's kind of similar in terms of like how play works is dead cells and the the tagline of dead cells is kill die learn repeat
0: yeah um
1: (laughs) But you're also with this game and with with Dead Cells, you're you're collecting resources every Mm. time that go towards making your character stronger Mm. Um, into the breach is another one that my partner, my partner plays more than I do. But in Into the Breach, the idea is that you're a group of traveling mech pilots that are bouncing between timelines and you're trying to like eventually save every timeline but as soon as you save one timeline from the big threat you have to be zapped away so you can go to the next timeline so like it changes the meanings of like winning and losing in a way that I as someone who has been trying to get over fear of failure and like yeah to let myself be bad at things for yeah. the sake of learning <laughs> I kind of appreciate having the like lesson no that's I,
0: that actually makes a lot of sense I too am very failure averse I I think I've learned to take it a little bit better now that I'm older but I still I still definitely have any issue with like critique even like I really mm-hmm. have I have a process of of responding to critique even when it's relatively minor. And it's something mm-hmm. I, I'm already aware of. Like I sometimes I just I'm very reactive to it. I have a hard time. And I think it is because there's so much of me that just kind of like wants me to be perfect in in anything, but particularly things where I have a lot of practice. And I think it's also gotten in the way of me trying a lot of new things. And so yeah, I feel I it's something that I need to work on It's getting better with it's not that I've never failed. I failed a lot, but I think I need mm-hmm. to get better at at dealing with it and inviting it in some important ways yeah maybe games are the way forward yeah (laughs) so tell Um, me stephanie what is your what is your biggest takeaway from hades
1: i think what i i think what i love the most about hades is that it it feels a lot like fan fiction of greek mythology (laughs) Yeah. But like, you know, like really well done fanfic where like the writer has a real grasp of the characters and like manages to translate them into something understandable by modern audiences while keeping something essential about them. Yeah. And I, the, honestly, like the whole narrative and this whole idea that you just, you keep failing and failing and killing your dad (laughs) and eventually like you find ways to have better relationships with the people around you. Yeah, like also this idea that like, you know, relationships take effort and like Mm -hmm. time And you can't be careless with people, which is something that I think a lot of the characters in the game are learning and dealing with. So I think those are that's probably my my biggest.
0: Yeah. uh, If you're if you're looking for a game that's not just conflict, but also has a lot of heart and and emotional growth.
1: (laughs) It's like 50% emotional growth and like heart-rending story and 50% going around smashing things to death. So, sounds great. That's that's yeah. the perfect ratio. Yeah.
0: <laughs> nice. Well, I think we should wrap things up for today. Yeah. Thank you for teaching me about Hades and showing me all of the amazing artwork that's going on with this game. I I think I'm going to have to try it. The, the my takeaway from this is, hey, BioWare, you should make Varys... <laughs> a romanceable character you hear you heard it here first (laughs) I need to be able to romance Ferris yeah that's my that's my takeaway is that we need more romance options but also more games that play with failure in some unique kinds of ways because that this sounds like a really interesting way of approaching what failure can be and should be which is productive rather than rather than being the end of something so well thanks everyone for listening we'll see you next time bye y'all